Ever felt judged at the gym? You don't know how to use the leg curl machine? At Planet Fitness, get energy without the judgment. Join the judgment-free zone today during the Big Fitness Energy Sale for 24 cents down, $10 a month. Cancel any time. Deal ends Friday, January 12th. See Home Club for details. Ever felt judged at the gym? You don't know how to use the leg curl machine? <laughs> Are you serious? Is this your first day alive? Um... <laughs> no, it's okay. I love helping people during their first day on Earth. At Planet Fitness, get energy without the judgment and join the judgment-free zone. Never intimidating, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. Get energized today during the Big Fitness Energy Sale for 24 cents down, $10 a month. Cancel any time. Deal ends Friday, January 12th. See Home Club for details. Hello and welcome back to Season 6 of the Referendum Podcast, brought to you by FinFlamSports.com with your host Big John and lead analyst Jesse J. Hello everyone, this is your host Big John with Jesse J. Jesse, how you doing? Good, how about you? Well, pretty good, um, pretty good. Coming off a uh, interesting week 2 of the NFL, some pretty interesting things that have happened over the course um, of the past several days. And any uh, first thoughts about before we get into it? I thought week two was really interesting. It had some surprise games, some some bad injuries. It was overall, it was a very interesting week in the NFL. I couldn't agree more. And um, to go off what you were saying about injuries, let's go over the, some of the 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 big injuries in the NFL um, closing week two. So Joe Burrow aggravated his calf injury. You got Saquon Barkley with an ankle sprain. Nick Chubb out for the season. He may retire according to some sources, um, due to his knee. David Montgomery, he's got a quad injury with the um, Detroit Lions. Jalen Waddle with the Miami Dolphins. He's in concussion protocol. Odell Beckham with the Ravens, ankle injury. Anthony Richardson with the Colts, concussion protocol. Some of the uh, biggest injuries, uh, some of the biggest stars in the game right now. <laughs> Do you think that'll hinder the, the team psyche of staying in the game no matter what when all those players are named are actually very key important players for all these teams. Well, Saquon, if he's hurt and he misses any significant amount of time, the Giants are done. I don't think Daniel Jones can carry them against actual NFL teams that aren't the Cardinals. When it comes to Nick Chubb, you're going to need Deshaun Watson to – we'll get into it later, but we're, you're going to need Deshaun Watson to be better than he was, but that's a massive hit for Cleveland. And then the Colts, they already lost Andrew Luck to retirement because he took so many hits and he got injured. They were trying to run Anthony Richardson, which is what he does really well in it. And it's part of the reason I think the Bears, and as we'll get into later as well, why they're not trying to run fields as much. But th- this is this is the risk you take when you have a quarterback like Anthony Richardson and you run him as much as they have already this season is you have you have to take a lot of hits. And what happened? He got a concussion. And it was his second pro game. So that's something. Okay. And when it comes to Anthony Richardson, you can't. You can't keep running him as much as they did. He's already got a concussion in his second pro game. I think that's the hardest thing. Is you, you uh, It's a little bit what the Bears are trying to do with Fields, which we'll get into later. But you're trying to not rely on running as much because you don't want to expose your quarterback to hits. But with Anthony Richardson, it's something he does really well. And the Colts are trying to use that because they don't have a ton of playmakers offensively, especially without Jonathan Taylor. 
But that that's something I can see the Colts doing is holding him out and giving Minshew some games to start. I don't. I think if Richardson's out any more than a month, that's probably a bad sign for them. I don't think Minshew can carry them for anything more than a couple games. But uh, the, I would can be concerned about that if I if I was a Colts fan. You don't want to lose Richardson like you did Luck due to injuries. And at first first glance, it didn't look like he like you didn't know how how bad he got hurt um, till you saw the replay because he rushed for a touchdown and and hit his head on the um, is that turf that, that the Colts play on? Uh, yeah, I believe that's it's that it's the artificial turf. And of course, most people get hurt on turf than they do just regular grass. Um, and he smacked the back of his head. He hit once and it hit again, or probably is the initial hit. Then I think it hit again. Um, because at first it looked routine because he got the touchdown, then he was messed up after that. I, I believe he actually self reported his concussion, which is not overly normal. I mean, good for him because you don't want him, you don't want your young quarterback staying in the game with a concussion, but that, that feels like something somebody on the Colts or even the independent spotter should have been able to see. Correct. And I think that Jalen Waddle's a, a that could that could alter the 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 flow of the Miami offense um, going forward if he's out for more than a week or two because you just don't know how your team's going to play if Tyree Kill can't catch a ball. You know, just say if he doesn't, um, it's going to get really interesting. Yeah, and, and the Dolph- the Dolphins need him. Their offense relies on Hill and Waddle being the two explosive guys, and their explosiveness being something that plays off of each other that teams can't really defend for six minutes but if you remove one of them i think their offense becomes way more predictable yes and um just speaking about the dolphins real quick going past the injuries um so coming into week two several of these players were on pace to hit some monster stats so with the dolphins miami's quarterback tua is on pace to throw 7922 passing yards insane stick with the dolphins for Wide receiver Tyree Kill. He's on pay, he was on pace coming into this week to catch three thousand six hundred and fifty-five yards. Insane. Going to the Jets. Jordan Whitehead on pace to catch fifty-one receptions. Interceptions. Interceptions. I'm sorry. Um, Christian McCaffrey on pace for two thousand five hundred eighty-four rushing yards. And Bobby Wagner with the Seattle Seahawks is on pace to have three hundred twenty-three tackles. Pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, and- and then we saw what happened with the, for example, using an example, the New England Miami game where two were only throws for 249 this week, touchdown and an interception. And Tyreek Hill has four catches or five catches for 40 yards and a touchdown. The NFL is so week to week that, oh man, you see, you see an explosive game from Tyreek Hill where he has 200 yards and then he's 40 yards the next game. That's just how the NFL is. Different teams match up with different teams. Uh, some some a bad team could match up against a good team better than uh, two good teams playing each other. And what we saw is just because you have one good week does not mean you're going to repeat that success. It doesn't even Absolutely. mean that you necessarily play bad. Sometimes it's just it's a matchup game. I agree with that, and that's why the importance of Jalen Waddle matters to their offense a lot more than people think, especially because of the performance that Tyreek Hill had this past week. Yeah, and, and Jalen Waddle he's so important because they take so many deep shots to Tyreek Hill. That Waddle is a outlet that if Tua doesn't see it, he can get the ball to Waddle and Waddle can run and he he can catch and run well. <laughs> and if he doesn't have that, that means you're throwing to lesser players that may not be as open, which means you're exposing Tua to possibly more hits, which is not good for the Dolphins. Yes. Okay, let's go uh, go into the week two review. And so my game of the week right now, um, from what I can remember, and I actually enjoyed watching, you may disagree with it. 
I'm gonna go with the Seattle Seahawks versus the Detroit, uh, Detroit Lions. The uh, Seattle beat Detroit 37-31. That was actually a uh, week two game of the week as well. Oh, yours too. Yes. So that that that'll be the game we we really kind of get into right now. Okay. Nice. Um, a hell of a uh, performance by Geno Smith, who's, you know, um, I'm just gonna hit him up for my uh, one of my surprises five surprises. Um, Gino went 32 for 41, 328 yards, two touchdowns. He was only sacked once. They were five on a five for 11 on third down conversions. It's not good, but they got the job done. Yeah. And I think what you saw is that you saw how different I think the Lions and Seahawks are. The Lions, well, they have a good offense. Their defense isn't there. I think people got a little bit confused because the Chiefs, oh, well, they hold the Chiefs 20 points. I think that was more of the Chiefs' self inflicted wounds. And yes. Just them playing poorly as opposed to the Lions having a good defense. Their, their defense has a lot of young players on it, and they they look like it in this game. You had a you had a team in Seattle that had a veteran quarterback, veteran receiving options, and they just took advantage of them fully. Let me play a clip for you right now. Um, this is Pete Carroll after the game. Got to make sure I can turn this down because I know Pete goes wild. So this is Pete um, after the fantastic Seahawks win. Giving praise to his players. There's also another clip I just had. One second. Sorry about that, Jess. And here we go right here. This is it. As you can tell, Pete Carroll was excited, and he's a, a player's coach. That, that gets gets me hyped. Just just listen, you know, get get amped. Um, besides, obviously themselves, I think they won more so for Pete Carroll. If, if anything, I think it showed on the field. Well, yeah, I think we saw Seattle adjust to losing both of their tackles last week. Seattle's a good team. They just they had a rough week one. They lost both their tackles in the middle of the game, and. They kind of it. They it spiraled against the Rams, and it led to that loss. This yes. week, at a game plan, they planned around it. I thought their offensive line blocked really well, and they really got after a line team that lacks talent on defense. Couldn't agree more. Um, now what what was high for them was their penalties. They had nine penalties for eighty yards. If they would have given the Detroit Lions one more score, the game would be over, and we'd be having a different conversation. You know. Yeah. I think it kind of just goes back to, I think the Seattle Seahawks and Lions are the same team. I just think the upside, I like Seattle's pass catchers more. So I think they have a little bit higher of a ceiling than Detroit does. You know, and, and you're exactly, you know, on point with saying that these two teams are, are basically the same. Just for the passing yards itself, Jared Goff had 311 passing yards versus Geno Smith with 311. Rushing mm-hmm. yards, 102 for Detroit. 82 for Seattle yards per carry 5.9 for Seattle and 6.5 for Detroit and the first downs they're both in the in the mid 20s and I talked about the third down conversions for Seattle for 5 and 11 well Detroit won 6 for 11 they're the same team especially when you look at their defenses as well both of them are younger defenses that are that are really struggling (laughs) that you really saw what happened when the Lions played a team with pass catchers that could catch the ball 
and an and against an experienced quarterback. It was it, w- it was a big struggle for the Lions defense. I Jared Goff obviously in the game had a pick six, and that doesn't help. But Seattle was banged up on offense, or, or at least on the offensive line, and the Detroit Lions weren't able to take advantage of it. And that that's something that a not just a good team does, a great team is able to pounce on another team's weakness or injuries, and the Lions weren't able to do that in this game. Well, C.J. Gardner was the best player on defense for, for the Lions, and you had um, Julian Love, who, was the, who had 10 tackles and um, three assisted tackles on defense for the Seahawks, respectively. But going down the line of just defensive players, their players had a lot more effectiveness on their tackles compared to Detroit. Yeah, I, I just felt like Seattle was just a little bit better. I think they're two fairly even teams. They're going to both be kind of in that. I think the Lions probably win their division because it's a little bit weaker, and the Seattle, and Seattle's probably a wild card team. It wouldn't shock me if they end up playing each other again, and, and it's going to be a good game because they're two very close teams. What do you think about the differences in the coach? Are there any similarities between those two? Uh, I mean, they're both kind of intense guys. I, I think... What we're seeing is that I think Pete's a little bit more of an experienced coach than Dan Campbell. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I, I, I tend to, I would tend to take Pete over Dan Campbell, but I think Dan Campbell, this is really a proven season for him, is okay, your expectations are to be in the playoffs and you get your team to the playoffs. They're one and one They have a win in Arrowhead, and then they lose this game at home. So a little bit uneven, and we'll see if they can improve upon it. But I, I think he's a good coach, but this is really the season you have to prove it. That's fair. Um, let's move on to the five disappointments of, of week two. Number one, I had the Las Vegas Raiders. They're passing and rushing. Horrible by Josh Jacobs. I mean, you don't even have any positive yards. You have Minus two yards. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I just the the Raiders are an interesting team because they don't really have a ton of talent. I think Devonta Adams got hurt in this game, and they already were playing without Jacoby Myers. Yes, a lot out of Jimmy Garoppolo, and Josh Jacobs doesn't look right. So it's it's an offense without really any punches, and the Bills just unloaded on them. Well, and not to mention that their offensive line is shit. It's horrible. Oh yeah, it's bad. And that's going to be an issue is the the Raiders, if you look at their team in totality, they have some playmakers, but that team just, to me, isn't anywhere close to a playoff team. That's a six or seven win team at best. Trey Tucker was the leading rusher on that team. And let me yeah. put this in perspective. Jimmy Garoppolo had one carry for one yard. Josh Jacobs had nine carries for minus two yards. That's embarrassing. And it's one of those things that, 
I don't know how much it can get better if Josh Jacobs is going to play like that because Josh Jacobs is that team's offense. Yes, yes you will be Myers, and he'll once he gets back, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro in the slot. You have some playmakers, but you're inconsistent at quarterback, and you're a team that is reliant on the run. If if Jacobs isn't going to be a star, that team's not going to be any good. Well, and it's not even – it doesn't show it in the numbers, but looking at it, the offensive line was horrible. But they didn't give up any sacks. I, I don't think it was that the offensive line was horrible. I just don't think they have – they don't really have anybody to throw to. And I don't think I, – I don't think Josh Jacobs is good right now. He's just something, – something's wrong with him, whether it was the missed time or he's hurt. I think it really hurt him. I mean, you look, Zamir White had four carries for 22 yards. His long, his long was only eight yards. They, they just couldn't run the ball because when they gave the ball to Jacobs, he was ineffective. And then when they gave the ball to other guys, they were they were decently effective. But they were down by so much, you couldn't consistently run the ball. The right. Bills on a place in this game. They threw the ball 37 times and ran it 35 times. They just completely did whatever they wanted to. And the Raiders just, they, they had no answer for anything. Josh McDaniels, what does he do? Nothing going into next week against the Steelers. I mean, that's a game they could win because I don't think the Steelers' offense is that good, and it could be a low-scoring game, a lot like it was last year. But I don't really know what you do if you if you're Josh McDaniels. This there's no easy fix to this. The hope is that Jacoby Myers comes back. You have Devontae Adams, and that you're able to get you're able to throw the ball a little bit. But you're going to have to run the ball. The Steelers have a good pass rush. They're going to get after Jimmy Garoppolo. You're going to have to run the ball, and if you can't do that, you're probably going to lose. Absolutely. Who do you got for number one? Was that yours too or no? The Bengals were my biggest disappointment again this week. Uh, they look like a team that's going to just have trouble this year. I don't. Maybe they're able to pull together and make playoffs, but it's going to be a rough year for them. It's going to be a year where they're going to have to scratch and call if they want to have success. You look at their defense, I think they've kind of regressed a little bit. Lamar felt like he was in full control during that game. Burroughs yes. didn't have. They can't really establish – Jamar Chase this season, they're, they they look like a complete mess. They look like it, they're about to have the season from hell. Well, early on, Joe Burrow looked like he did at the, the, the entire game from last week until, you know, he kind of stepped it up a notch. I don't know what's going on with him. Maybe it is his calf. Um, I also well, have even, heard that he may miss the, the rest of the next two weeks. Even him stepping it up, he averaged 5.4 yards up in attempt. Like he's he's still checking it down. He was just getting the ball to his receivers more. So mm-hmm. T. Higgins and Tyler T. Higgins had 89 yards, two touchdowns, and Tyler Boyd had six catches, 52 yards. I mean, you look at it. I don't even think it was that Burrow played that much better. He just got the ball to his weapons, and his weapons were able to catch and run in space. And I think that helped him. But it wasn't like it wasn't like Burrow was throwing the ball too deep. Their longest pass was to Joe Mixon. It was a 32-yard. It was a 32-yard. It just their, their offense can't throw the ball down the field, and if you can't do that, you're a really easy offense to defend. Absolutely. Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm thinking how it is in baseball. It's like contract rules. I don't understand it. Um, but I also, he's got to be kicking himself for not taking that break. If he would have missed the first two weeks, Jess, they'd probably still be 0-2. Let's be honest, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, there were two tough games. A game, what, in Cleveland? A game in Cleveland on the road week one, and then a game at home. Ravens. I I feel like you you wanted to bring Burrow back because you didn't want to go 0-2 and be two games down in the division. But if you're looking at the season in totality and what's the best way for us to make the playoffs and have a chance to win the Super Bowl, 
it's to rest Joe Burrow and make sure he's healthy. And I, he just, he doesn't look healthy at all. And now at all. And now and, he's going to be aggravated calf and you don't know yep. how long that could be the entire season. He deals with that. Exactly. And what happens if he goes back on the field too long and we already seen, seen what happened with Aaron Rodgers. They said, if the calf's not rested, you have a higher probability of, of tearing your Achilles. Well, they also, they're also, I believe playing on artificial turf as well. So it, it's something to monitor, especially with an O line that, isn't what I would say great. It's something the Bengals are going to have to manage all year. And uh, you just wonder if they're going to sit him. And I think at this point, you're 0-2. If you sit him for any decent amount of time, there's a legit chance their season could be over. Well, didn't, didn't they say he's not playing next week? Uh, I, I don't think they've said he's not playing next week. But if you look at the Vegas line, I believe they're only slight favorites. See, uh, I, I thought it, I, was, I was under the impression, or maybe I misheard, that he wasn't playing for the next few weeks. No, because I, I, I think I don't think they've said that he's not playing or anything like that. But Cincinnati opened as like a five or six point favorite, and it is now down to two and a half. Wow! Against the Rams at home on Monday Night Football. Go Rams! Um, we'll see how that plays out. I'm gonna go for my number two disappointment, and that's the Chicago Bears. Justin Fields looks as, looks as if he doesn't even belong in the NFL. They're Chance- also my, they're also my second biggest disappointment as well. So this is something we can really kind of dive into right here. Well, Chance Claypool actually came to play for one one fucking touchdown this week, surprisingly. Um, Justin Fields was sacked six times. That's six times. He threw two interceptions, rushed for three yards, which is horrible for him, and only had 211 passing yards. He looked lost in the pocket. He didn't scramble much, and he was so inaccurate, just so bad. It, and I think part of it is that they're trying to make him a pocket passer, and I think it's they're trying to make him a pocket passer so that he could be a long-term franchise quarterback, but he's not at that point yet. And what he's most comfortable doing is running the ball and having the one and two reads and getting the ball out of his hands. Him having to dissect the defense like Patrick Mahomes is not the most efficient way to use Justin Fields. I think the biggest issue with the Bears, well, Fields has to play better, and he's played really bad. The biggest issue with the Bears is their offensive scheme and their play calling. It just doesn't make sense. Daniel Vlasky pointed out today on uh, on ESPN that they ran the same screenplay three times. Like, I don't think I've ever seen that before. Yep. It just the – Bears, the Bears hired a defensive coach, and their defense stinks. Now, I know they don't have a ton of great players, but you've got to be better than what they've been. They let Baker cook them in this game. Horrible. And they're not doing the things that their quarterback's comfortable with doing. Yes, you want him to be a long-term franchise quarterback, be able to pick teams apart from the pocket but you have to take steps with it. That that includes doing things he's comfortable doing, and then you slowly work him into being more of a pocket passer. But I would even say at that point, you don't want him just to be a pocket passer. You want him to move around like Mahomes or a Josh Allen. You want yes. him to be able to use his legs, and they've completely stripped that from him. Do you give him the, do you, do you give him credit for having arm power? For what? Arm power. Throwing power. Yeah, no, he, he, has, he has the arm. He, he, Justin Fields has everything you want to be a franchise quarterback in the NFL, it just for some reason the Bears just can't get this right. They with the exception, with the with the with the exception of accuracy, he was extremely inaccurate this week. Yeah, and I think a lot of that is just him not knowing where to go with the ball or him being late because he's not sure. A lot of it is holding the ball. He had okay. guys open at times, but he wasn't sure and he didn't let it go. He's he's not feeling the flow of the off- offense, and I feel like that's on the play calling in the offense coordinator. He, your quarterback last year, I felt like at the midpoint of the season. He was really rolling, and he was getting the ball out of his hands. He was running. He looked confident. He does not look confident at all this year. 
Jess, isn't this the conundrum with quarterbacks like Justin Fields, um, Lamar Jackson? Yeah, but I think you've Bryce seen Young, um, that you want to have a game plan to say, you know, you stay in the pocket. We don't want you to get hurt. But also they need them to do themselves. But also they don't have the protection at the front line to, to give them some time to decide where they're going to go to go around somebody or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, but that's I, the conundrum that the, that the people in the NFL are facing is they want these athletes, but they're not prepared to handle these athletes. A lot of it comes down to coaching because if you look at Lamar, he's looked way more efficient as a passer this year. And a lot of people didn't think he could do it, but he looks he looks like he's taking a step forward. I don't think it's that I don't think it's that Fields isn't good. I think it's that you you need to build a system around what's going to make him the best, which means he's going to have to use his legs sometimes. He's going to have to you're going to have to have some play action. You're going to have to give him some easy throws at times. I think it's about making him feel comfortable, but also keeping some of the plays. That doesn't mean you have to run him 15 or 20 times a game, but eight, eight five, eight, ten runs. You got to keep those in the game, and then give him some of those easy passes, and let him kind of get into the flow of the offense. He looks like he has no idea what's going on, and I think it's because if you look at the Bears' offense in general, they don't really have they don't really have a plan, which is not something you want out of your offensive coordinator. Well, watching that game, I sat there and I'm like, he's gone. He's not coming back to this team. He, Eventually, uh, he's going to leave, and this, yeah, it, to at some point they're probably going to trade Fields. It, their their schedule is kind of hard. They they're gonna play the Chiefs this week. There's a legit chance the next offseason we're talking about them trading Justin Fields. His career is being wasted there, it, and it just doesn't make any sense. That yes, Fields is not. He's maybe not ever gonna be the pick you apart from the pocket guy. But we're seeing in a case with Lamar that people didn't think Lamar could do it. And yeah, it's only a week against the Bengals, but the Bengals have are a pretty good coach. They're a pretty well coached team. A pretty good team overall. And he was able to do it. I think Fields has that ability in, in him. He, a lot of people have the same questions about him as they did Lamar. I think it comes down to coaching and putting your quarterback in good situations and having him feel comfortable. I don't think he's looked comfortable at all this season. It actually reminds me of the first two games of last season where Fields just, he, look, he doesn't look fully confident, except last year was the first year with Matt Eberflus and Lou Getze as their as his coaches. And I don't think he... I don't think he necessarily felt the pressure. This year, he had a lot of expectations and pressure put on him. Yep. It, it, it just doesn't look like he's comfortable at all, and that's on your coaching staff. You have to do what your quarterback does well. I want to touch on him and one of my – um on the Bears later on down the list for the I told you so's. You might be surprised who I say they need to hire. Mm-hmm. What do you got for the next one? For my third one is Deshaun Watson. It's Mr. Nasty Man again. Uh, he was awful. He was, yes. gen- Horrible. he was genuinely awful. He doesn't look like a starting quarterback. That, uh, that's my, that's I, my next one as well. If if they would have taken Deshaun Watson out of the game, they would have won that game. You think so? He some of the some of the sacks he took, and it's like his pocket up. It's like his pocket awareness. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And his athleticism just left him. He just, he looks unathletic. He looks slow moving in the pocket. He doesn't look like he's quick making his decisions. He just, he, he looks, he looks like Russell Wilson, except he's eight years younger than Russell Wilson. He looks disheartened. Honestly, he looks like he has no love for the game. It, he it, went 22 it, for 40, 235 yards, one interception and one touchdown. Would you agree with it? Would you agree with this? For the money being paid, Zach Wilson, terrible. I think he's probably the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. But what for what he's being paid and what Deshaun's being paid, Deshaun is worse than him. No. Oh, you don't believe that because Deshaun, yes, both of them are high picks. They have expectations. Zach Wilson, we knew coming to the season, he was bad. He was never supposed to be the starter. It was supposed to be Aaron Rodgers. Right. Deshaun Watson was supposed to be the franchise quarterback for Cleveland. I think and, the difference is Deshaun Watson will eventually figure it out. I don't and think Zach Wilson will never figure it out. He does. Deshaun does not look like at any point he's figuring it out. I I thought I think that boat has passed. He's played. I think I think like we well, talked about last it, week. You see you see glimmers of certain things that are good. Um, but also like I said, he looks like he has no no passion. No, he, he looks just he looks disheartened. Um, but also if you see him score that touchdown, you see him throw that fucking ball and scream, right? Well, why is that? Because people on that sideline are are talking shit. So if that's going to going to be the thing that fucking rolls him up. Do it. Get in his fucking head so he can fucking be that guy from 2019 through his four or five year span he was doing and was so great at, at being a quarterback in this, in this game. Yeah, I, I I think it's done. I think he's cooked. I mean, that that looks like that. The Russell Wilson trade being so close together, those might be the two worst trades I've seen in like the last 30 years. Well, um, by week 10, I'll give you my honest opinion because I'll, I, he'll be able to play consistent for 10, for 10, nine games. Tales were true as well. Who? I also wish fairy tales were true as well. He looks cooked. Okay. Well, we got we both agreed on Deshaun Watson. Um, I'm gonna say my next one is uh, the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line and offense as a whole. They look like they're stuck and they're falling over themselves, hard and heavy. Um, and they went a horrible four and thirteen on third down conversions with three offensive turnovers. Horrible. Horrible. Yeah, I'm not uh, sure. Also, where the hell Patrick Mahomes was thinking when he threw that interception? Um, that was frustrating. That, that that was you see that out of Patrick Mahomes two or three times a season where he'll just get frustrated and he'll, and he'll try throwing a deep ball. Sometimes it works and it's a big play on pass interference down the field. Sometimes sure. it's it doesn't really it doesn't really bother me. It was a third down play. It was basically an arm punt. It, it's not really bothering me. The pick or the the, the way the, the the offensive line and the Chiefs played. No, no the, the interception didn't bother me. I believe that was like on a third down. It was basically it ended up being an arm punch. Well, the, the they arm- pissed me off. I tell you that. Uh, I think it's an issue that will get corrected, though. I mean, they're playing in Jacksonville. It was 100 degrees on the field. I thought they started to pick it up, going in from late first half into the second half. They started to pick it up. Really, a few of those drives got killed by offensive uh, penalties, which were mainly on the offensive line. I think well, they you- went penalties for 94 yards. Yeah, I think you clean up the penalties in the offensive line, they'll be fine. I think week one, it was the it was clearly the drops. And just the offense not looking comfortable, mainly Mahomes not feeling comfortable with his weapons. I think this week it was just it was penalties on the O line. I think they started to figure it out, and then what happens? You had a couple holding penalties, and those absolutely kill drives. I think they're going to figure it out, especially against a bad Bears team. 
I think we're going to see the old Chiefs offense this week. You better hope because uh, they're about to piss me off. How do you think Travis Kelsey did in his return? Uh, he looked like he was still kind of feeling a little bit of that knee injury, but I, what Travis Kelsey did is exactly what you need him to do. I can get in open spaces, and when Mahomes is scrambling, I can be open, and that's how he caught his touchdown. It's just being on the same page with Mahomes, getting to an open spot, catching a touchdown. I couldn't agree more. He looked gimpy, um, but he also – there was no doubt he was trying to play it safe just in case something else went wrong. Yeah, it was also – I mean, that was a game that I – I think you can kind of see it's early in the season. It was hot. It was you're playing in Florida. It looked like both teams got frustrated at times. That's just one of those games where you don't throw it away, but you just you you take notes about it and you kind of just you keep moving forward because games like that aren't going to keep happening through the season. It's not going to be 100 degrees in December. Right. Um, do you have them on number four or who do you have? I actually had the Jags and Trevor Lawrence. I was really disappointed in their offense. They had moments where they were able to move the ball a little bit, but. Lawrence just looked erratic. He looked like rookie year Trevor Lawrence under Urban Meyer, where he was just – he looked indecisive. He Yes, he looked like he, he was trying to prove something that he didn't need to prove. And, and that's what it was missing up his game. That's how it came off TV to me. And and he just – it just looked bad. He had two laterals. One of them – one of them ended up being only a two-yard. Oh, so bad. It gave the Chiefs basically a free timeout. Yep. And then, then he had the one that they that turned over to the Chiefs, and it just – it looked like a mess. It – the Jaguars look like they were trying to prove something in that game against the Chiefs, but they don't have, they didn't have that uh, ability to just kind of like dig down and win. I, I don't, I don't know how to exactly describe it, but it's a little bit like when the Chiefs beat the Bengals in the AFC Championship game last season. Mm-hmm. That the Chiefs knew they could win, and then when they did win, you could see like how excited they were to finally shut the Bengals up, especially with how the players talked after that game. Like you could tell how excited they were when it, when it came to the Jaguars, it felt like they were trying to do that, but they didn't know necessarily how to, or that they even necessarily believed they were better than the chiefs. They just really wanted to win. And it really showed in how they played. I mean, that, that lateral that he did just go down with the damn ball, hold the fucking ball. you start you start panicking. I'm telling you to me, looking at it, he was panicking so much. He went back to exactly what you said to, to year one. And he's panicking, and he's got to prove himself because he's playing Patrick Mahomes. That's what it came off to me as. And he's so much more better than that. He didn't need well, to do all that. If you look at it, I think it was the pass rush that mainly got after him. You had Chris Jones, who had a second half. George Koloftis had a second half. They really got after him, and he looked uncomfortable. Doug Peterson basically went to exclusively st- uh, screenplays because he didn't believe they could block the Chiefs' defensive line. He was it just that team looked rattled. No, the defensive line played great. Um, I was very happy to see Chris Jones back and, and do his thing and get the sack, and he did good just to focus on one player. So all those people complaining about the fact that he didn't deserve his money or he didn't need his money, he got a sack. Well, that, that's he, also got paid why, to, he got paid to do what he was hired to do. That's why you That's why you want Chris Jones. That, yeah, maybe you don't want him at 33 or 34 million, but 28, 29, 30 million. I, I, me, I want Chris Jones because that's what he can do especially when you combine him with some of the younger pass rushers they have on the team, it makes their defense potentially really, really good, maybe even a top five unit. Now, I keep getting confused about one of the players that they said is going to come back, and I think week three or week four. Um, we, who is it? He's a, they said he's a pass rusher. He uh, plays on defense. Yeah, you're talking about uh, Charles Menahu? Yeah, he, he's been suspended the first six games. He'll be back in week seven. Week seven, okay. Um, who's your number five? My number five is the Chargers again. They just, like, what are we doing here? Uh, a team that was beat up. And their de- their defense couldn't stop Ryan Tannehill, who looked washed last week. I don't even think Derrick Henry really had that big of a game, and they just they they just they 
I don't understand the Chargers defense. Brandon Staley is supposed to be a defensive guy, and they can't stop anyone. Ryan Tannehill absolutely cooked them. Derek, Derek Henry had 25 carries for 80 yards. He averaged 3.2 yards of rush. He had a touchdown. Like, just he didn't really do anything too big, and the Chargers just they couldn't they couldn't stop Tennessee from scoring, and they gave up 27 points. And then late in the game, Herbert, once again, you have a chance to win, and you set up for the field goal, you go to overtime, and you lose. Like, it's it's the same story every week with the Chargers. <laughs> well, I got a um, – I didn't choose them because I knew you were going to say something about them. Um, every week it's the same story. It's it's Justin Herbert driving down the field, down by three, kicks the field goal, they go to overtime and lose. Okay, well, I'm going to read you um, something that a um, AFC scout director said to FanBus Sports. Herbert isn't elite, first of all. He has elite talent but struggles reading defenses. He threw it into double coverage at least five times and didn't complete one of them. He threw it into zone coverage right in the middle of a defense um, instead up to the edges. He's a predetermined thrower, not a passer. Strong words. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, if you look at how he plays, he'll take shots downfield, but when it's not, when he reverses the checkdowns a lot, and it's like he'll he'll look deep, and if it's not there, he'll check it down, which is what you want your quarterback to do, but I feel like a lot of those over-the-middle passes aren't there for him. And if you look at his numbers, 27-41, 305, two touchdowns. If we look at it on paper, it's like, oh man, look how great he played. But when you actually watch him, it, it it just it doesn't feel like elite level quarterback play. So he's not he, he's not even, he's barely a system quarterback. That's what I'm getting from from that statement from that um a system quarterback. I just think he's I don't I'm trying to think of the best comparison for him, but he's he's very he's got some cousins like traits to him, where he's going to mm. have really good numbers, but he's maybe not going to carry your team. I'm going to say Joe Flacco. He's more mobile than Joe Flacco, but but he. He's he's more mobile than Joe Flacco, and he has had better better individual seasons than Joe Flacco. But I, I can see what you're talking about there. Yes, um, and those are strong words. I'm sure we'll be hearing about that in the morning. But very surprised take on somebody like Justin Herbert, who many people predicted to went to go to the Super Bowl this year. Um, I was really surprised. Um, let me see. For not on my number five, I have Zach Wilson. No, he was just awful, horrible. He's a problem. They're gonna have to trade for a quarterback. New York, we have a problem, and he is have, it. Or, that team is too good. They were in that game if they would have just had a decent quarterback. Just not, not a great quarterback, just somebody who can just complete passes and run an offense. Under 50%, 12 for 27, 170 yards, one touchdown, and three picks. That's horrible. I, I don't know about you, but I felt like watching that game, if they would have just been able to put together one drive, they would have been in that game. Zach Absolutely. Wilson, he's incapable of doing it. You need... I don't know who, but you need to trade for an adult. Micah Parsons did amazing. He put that boy looked scared. Honestly, Zach Wilson looked frightened because Micah Parsons was so great in that game. And it's just it goes back to the Jets put all their hope in a aging quarterback who was coming off a year in which he wasn't we're one hundred percent sure if he was still at the top of his game or not. Okay, he gets hurt. You're back to Zach Wilson, who you completely missed on. I'm telling you, Jess, Phillip Rivers is the fucking way to go. Or if everybody's saying they need a quarterback just to do better things than him, just better than he is. What's wrong with Eli Manning? I mean, he's he's he was done when what he retired and no, he wasn't done. They sat him because that 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 coaching decision when they got rid of fucking um oh my god, what's his name? Howdy Doody, Tom Coughlin. Tom Coughlin. Oh, Tom Coughlin. 
Yeah, I just Eli, 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 you're naming two quarterbacks that are cooked. Eli and Phil Rivers haven't played in forever. They're done. Um, no, but you know what? They're better than most of the backup quarterbacks in the league now. I mean, there's, there's not that many good backups in, in the league. With the exception of Taylor Heineke. If I were them, I would call about Davis Mills. But I don't. with the, with how bad the Texans are, they probably need a quarterback like Davis Mills. But I think Davis Mills is just good enough where he probably wouldn't be too expensive and he could be just good enough. He's also a – what, he's still got another year left on his contract after this season. I, I would trade for him just as insurance for Rodgers and just to get you to the season. I'm, I'm well, trying, I, I understand what you're saying, but I'm talking about now. We need somebody, or no, we, the, the NFL and the Jets need somebody right now. To yeah, save I mean, franchise. It, they're at a point where they have to make a move. Like, with how good that team is, it, it would be, it would Brett be, Favre. they didn't give that team a chance to at least make the playoffs. And they need a, <coughs> Brett Favre. they just need some semblance of a quarterback if they even want that opportunity. <coughs> they are so bad at quarterback right now. It just, I don't, I don't know. Like Josh Dobbs is better than Zach Wilson. Would we? Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And I was, I, you, you shit on me last week for my take on Josh Dobbs, but I'm gonna get to him. Um, but who, who's your number five? Oh, it, it was the Chargers. No, okay, okay. Um, well, I, I don't know where to put my honorable mention. I don't know if I should do that. I told you so, or, or in disappointments. But um, I'm gonna just put his name in there. Desmond Ritter, a horrible. Horrible, horrible game until late. I thought he, yeah, I thought as they finished that game, he looked way better. But that's if gonna... he didn't play well for the remaining of that of those uh, last quarter and a half or two quarters, he's done. He's sitting next week. Even the offense was looking pissed because he couldn't deliver the ball accurately. He looked absolutely bad. They're gonna play. The Falcons are going to play the Lions in Detroit. That's going to be the real test. If Desmond Ritter looks bad in that game, I would I would assume they will give him one more week after week three to give him four full games. But he, you need him to be better. If if that team's going to make the playoffs, which they very well could, because that division is not great, you're going to need him to play better. Um, he he bought himself some time. I'm gonna leave it at that. I respect the fact that he came back and beat a Green Bay defense. Um, that seemed like they kind of gave up towards the end. Yeah, I mean, I felt like Jordan Love. He didn't have great numbers, but that was Jordan Love impressed me. I thought he played pretty well. No, but he put his team ahead he for a his, while. It's the defense that let them down. Yeah. Um, okay, I just wanted to put that out there because I was going to go go in on him, but he saved his ass, and he did really good towards the end of the game. So I have to give him credit for that too. Um, going to the five surprises. My number one, I have Baker Mayfield, 27 for 34, 317 yards, one touchdown. His offensive line held up, and he didn't get sacked once. Very proud of Baker Mayfield. The Bucks are now Owen uh, are now two and zero. That, that was my number one as well. I mean, I I was really shocked. Baker looked like he was 20, 20 Baker when they made the playoffs. When he made the playoffs with the uh, Cleveland Browns, he looked he looked confident. He looked like he was uh, he looked like he had firm decision making, which is something the last couple of years. I think it's been a little bit shaky where he's not sure where to go with the ball this season. The first two games, he looks like he knows where to go with the ball. He looks comfortable. Uh, he's, been, he's been shocking to me. I don't expect him to keep up the entire season, but as of, as of right now, he's been, uh, he's probably been one of the two or three biggest surprises of the entire season. Absolutely. Very, he's played very well. And he has, I can't say anything about it, bad about him um, with the exception of, he still has the tendency to overthrow balls or to underthrow balls. And I'm not saying that it doesn't happen for every other quarterback, but it seems so glaringly blatant when he does well, it. I don't know why. 
but Baker, it just does. Baker doesn't have the greatest arm. He's going to be hit and miss at times. Okay, just, I have a question. He had surgery on which arm? I believe it was his throwing shoulder. It was his throwing shoulder. Okay. Okay. Well, and I'm just wondering, his arm looks better than it did. And I don't know if that's because of why or maybe he did something different. But I know he needed that surgery, and it looks better than it did last year, towards the end of last year. Yeah, he, he just looks way more confident in what he's doing. With Maybe the it is the confidence in his throws. Maybe he believes he can make that pass. Well, and I think with the Bucks, it was a pretty – I think with the Bucks going to the Bucks gave him confidence because I did – contrast, even though they took him in the second round, doesn't look like he's going to be an NFL quarterback. So I think Baker kind of knew going in, okay, this is my job. I got to come in and, and got to come in and do the right things to make sure I'm the starter. But I can come in, I can be the guy, and I don't really have to look over my shoulder. And so far, he's looked pretty good. <laughs> he has. Um, who's your number two? My uh, my number two is Sam Howell from Washington. I thought he really. Played, uh, I thought he played really well against uh, the Denver Broncos. They were down twenty-one to three. They come back. They win the game. I I feel like you what you're really seeing Eric Bieniemy do a great job with him. Not asking Howell to do too much, but putting him in positions where he can make throws and instilling confidence in him. The throw he had at Terry McLaurin was one of the best throws of the season for a touchdown. It was one of the best throws and catches of the season. And I think Bienemy's really instilled confidence in him. And I'm really interested to see what, how Washington keeps improving over the season because they look like a playoff team right now. I mean, it, they beat the Cardinals and the Broncos, but you got to start somewhere with the team that had such an unknown at quarterback. I think their offense does not come off the TV to me as, wow, Bienemy sure is doing something good with this team. It, it looks boring. It looks stale to me. As brand new as it is, it looks... I'm just interested with because of that offense. The defense uh, I, I like, the positional players I like. I don't like Sam Howell. He doesn't pop off to the TV to me. Well, yeah, the, the, he doesn't. It's not like he – Sam Howell's an interesting player because he's he's got – he does a lot of things really well, maybe not one thing great, but like he he had some really good throws in, in that game against Denver. They made me think he might be a quarterback. 27-39, mm -hmm. 299 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. I do think he kind of holds on to the ball a little bit, and he took some sacks he probably shouldn't have. Yep. But but that team, they look very much like the 2013 Chiefs offense. They have some playmakers, but you're not really sure you want Alex Smith to throw the ball a ton. That team looks like a a earlier version of what the Chiefs offense looks like. I think I think they're going to be an interesting team to watch because I don't think they need to be great on offense, but they, they need to be serviceable. And as of the first two games, they've been serviceable enough. Right. I, 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 that's fair. Um, you want to go for your next one? Uh, Jordan Love from the Packers. I felt like he really did a great job. And he he's not had mind-blowing numbers, but they've also had guys injured. And in this game, David Bakhtiari, his left tackle, sat because he doesn't like playing on artificial turf. I, I feel like he's done a great job. Like, Jordan Jordan Love looks like he might he – might, maybe he's not a great quarterback, but like he might be a starting quarterback in the NFL, which is, which is saying something – considering how how uninspiring that division is with the Vikings and the Bears right now, that if you're competing with the Lions, I mean, they, they might actually have a real shot to make the playoffs. I, I, Jordan Love's been, he's been really impressive to me. He's done a lot with a little. That I, I'm with you 100%. He's not on my list, but I respect that pick 100%. I do like him. I like the way he throws. Um, he did just enough. And just to just to compare their offenses between Green Bay and Atlanta, Green Bay, 
uh, Jordan Love had 140 yards passing while Desmond Ritter had 235. Excuse me. Their um, Green Bay's rushing offense had 84 yards while Atlanta's had 211. The defense for Green Bay blew the win for the Packers. Yeah, Jordan Love did what he was supposed to do. The Packers have they have issues with their personnel on offense. They didn't have Aaron Jones. They didn't have the left tackle. They don't have Christian Watson. They have a lot of young players on offense. <clears throat> Excuse me, but uh, what we're seeing with Jordan Love is that he can kind of manage the game. He can, he can, he can be a NFL quarterback. I, I, he looks like an NFL quarterback to me, which will put them in a position to win games. He, he's not maybe had mind blowing numbers, but he's able to manage the game and put his team in a position to have a chance to win. That's really all you can ask, especially from a guy who's just in his first season as a starter. That that's fair. I I can't um, harp on him at all. I was extremely surprised by his win um, in week one, and they should have won week two because of his because of his efforts. Um, let's see where we got now. So my number two would be Geno Smith, but we already touched on him for the game of the week. Um, so I'm gonna just leave that alone. But I thought he did great, um, and I'm gonna skip down to number three. And I got Matthew Stafford. You asked a question last week. Let's see how good he is next week. Let's see if he can actually play and throw a ball down the field and be consistent he was extremely consistent he's here he's here to play and he's here to play well he went 34 for 55 um completions 307 yards one touchdown and two picks that weren't his fault i thought he did extremely well especially to satisfy your criticism i think he did very very well and me being a fan of his um i was happy for him there is no doubt that that san francisco thought they were in trouble everybody who was watching i don't care if that stadium was full of 49er fans had a feeling that Matthew Stafford was going to beat them. No, I didn't really have that feeling. It, it always felt oh, like... Oh, please. You just don't like him. The Rangers don't have enough talent. That Yeah, they're throwing the Puka Nuka, whatever, Puka Naku, whatever his name is. They, they keep throwing him the ball, and yeah, he's getting a lot of yards, but I mean, you look at you look at Stafford, he averaged five and a half yards to throw. It's, they're just checking out on everyone. Like, that but offense... He's first downs. That offense isn't good enough to make it through an entire season. Wrong. Maybe Sean, Sean maybe McVay blew that game. Maybe they're a little bit better, and they might be closer to a wild card team than I thought. But they're they're an eight or nine win team at best. No way. I will not say they're an eight or nine team at best. Who do you have for number three? Well, from it'd be number four. My number four is the Chief Ends. The Chief Ends is back. They were even better than I thought. The who? They, their pass rush. Their pass rush and Chris Jones were just absolutely tremendous. It was one of those things where. You're, you watch them and you can see where the talent is. You can see you can see how good Brett Veach has been with the last couple of drafts. George Koloftis showed a lot. He had a second half. Felix and Yudike Uzama, who's rookie, is a situational pass rusher. Looked very good. Chris Jones, obviously. You can see a lot of the talent that Veach has built and put on this team. And then when you saw them combined with Chris Jones when coming back this week, that defense looks like they can be a problem for other teams. No arguments here. Very happy to see Chris Jones back and play well. So I hit three. You had to have hit three because I didn't go. You didn't go past three of them. I, I went. I I did two and three at the same time. That was Baker and, and Jordan Love. Okay, and then you hit the Chiefs defense. So that's three right there. That's oh Sam Howell was my first one. Oh Sam Howell. Okay, gotcha. Um, let's see. So I got surprises. The Steelers defense is actually really good with six different players who had a sack on Deshaun Watson with um, Alex Highsmith having a sack and a fumble recovery for a touchdown. He played really well as well. T.J. Watt did great. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. I think their defense is fine. I think it has a really good pass rush. I don't think their secondary is that good. 
I think they mainly won that game because Deshaun Watson just kept taking sacks, and eventually it, it ended up in a sack fumble for a touchdown. Sure. Well, their defense was good last week against the 49ers, but they were going against a better high-octane offense and a better yeah. all-around team in San Francisco. That team's going to have trouble when they play teams that are going to let their quarterback get sacked 10 times. Well, do you think Pickett is the answer down the line or no? Huh? No, he looks awful. To me, they don't have a quarterback. They're going to need to do something next offseason. I mean, maybe he gets better throughout the season, and maybe he's more of just an average quarterback. But is he has been a problem the first two weeks. He hasn't looked good at all. He hasn't at all. At all. He, he's had one good throw to Pickens for a touchdown. That, that's, that's been his high moment of the season. And it's mainly run by Pickens. Is um, Trubisky still there? He is their backup. I would not go back to Mr. Trubisky. I would rather just see what you have to pick it instead. I'm with you. Um, so I did four. You did four already. Who's your number five? Seahawks O-line. They only, only allowing one sack on Gino was really impressive. Um, the Lions were dealing with some injuries with their pass rushers, and their defense in general is not the greatest. But Seattle's O-line really impressed me. They we're missing left and right tackle, and they they really did a great job, and they protected Geno Smith. They gave him a chance to make plays, and they were able to win that game. They stole the game, basically, because their O-line was able to answer the challenge, and Geno was able to get the ball out of his hands. And the, I thought I was really impressed with how well they protected Geno Smith. Absolutely, and I, I had touched on that point earlier. They did very well. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, Seattle played excellent football this week. Uh, my number five is Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert are my fifth surprise for both their teams who are both 0-2. According to ESPN, only 12% of teams in NFL history have made the playoffs after having a 0-2 record to start the football season. They're under pressure and they're under pressure right now. Um, I'm, I don't even want to say it, but I think that Joe Burrow and the Bengals may not even win eight games the way they're looking. Uh, a lot of it depends on Burrow. If Burrow's not healthy and has to take time off, I don't think, I don't even know who their backup quarterback is and they're probably not winning with him. Um, you've been extremely critical of Justin Herbert. You will have always been extremely critical of quarterbacks who, are in our division and who we go against on a consistent basis. Um, but you have never backed down from your um, point of views, especially when it comes to those, those people in our division that we go against, especially like quarterbacks. Um, these comments that came out from that I read you earlier about Justin Herbert and everything you've ever said about Justin Herbert makes me wonder, is he really not that good? I mean, I think he's, I, I think Justin Herbert is physical skills, everything. He has elite traits but the way he plays quarterback is not 
what I would say elite right now. Maybe he's he's still young, so maybe it can change. But as of right now, I don't know how you can put him in the same class with Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, even even though I know he's hurt and not played over the well, but even a Joe Burrow, who we've seen do it. Okay, so see, I usually have him as a, as a top five quarterback, or at least top six, um, since he's came in the league. I thought he's a phenomenal quarterback. Um, because they are 0-2, everything you've said is coming into my mind um, this week, and everything that that person said um, about the things that I I read to you about him not being a um, a great decision maker. Um, that has made me second guess his abilities. Um, I believe he has the intangibles, but if he lacks one, I think he can develop and and get that. You know, down. You know, hopefully in the near future, but some somewhere down the line in the near future, um, makes me question a lot of things. Maybe you, maybe you weren't wrong and you weren't being hypercritical. Maybe you're just seeing something that I wasn't, but I think you do would agree. He is a very good quarterback. Herbert, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a good quarterback. Would you put him in the top 10? Yeah. He's probably, I mean, in terms of like, in, in terms of talent, he's probably a top five level talent, but in terms of what his resume is, he's probably like quarterback 10. He's probably behind, behind Dak and, <laughs> Some of those other guys, I'd, I'd, I'd to actually make a list and lay it out. I, What's the, I'd the, the margin of the margin of error that they've won? I would say what you have in terms of guys in front of you. You have Mahomes, you have Allen, you have uh, you have Burrow, Dak's in there, Hertz is in there. Yes. Uh, yeah, those those are the main guys that kind of jump out at you. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, he he, I think he'd still be in there, or I'd at least have him above uh, Herbert. But, yeah, I mean, you look at Herbert, if you look at his resume, it's not better than any of those guys. And as much shit as we give Dak, he, Dak gets his teams to the playoffs, and he's won, he's won a couple playoff games. That, that AFC scouting director, is he being overly critical? Is he, is he wrong or is I, he right? I think that is kind of the issue with, with, you see with Herbert. Herbert will throw the deep ball sometimes, and it looks really good. But when it's not there, sometimes he just resorts immediately to the checkdown. He he throws a lot of he throws a good ball on the sideline, but when it comes to working the middle of the field in in that I would say ten to twenty yard range, I don't think he works it well enough. And then late in games, like a lot like what happened with Tennessee, he's not able to execute. Well, where yeah, if you look at his numbers in total when they're playing the Tennessees of the world, most of the times they beat teams like that. But when it's when you play a team like the Chiefs, when you're playing teams like the Bengals. When you play teams like the Bills, more often than not, he's not going to beat those teams late. Is it that Justin Herbert is not clicking with the offensive coordinator and and his receivers, or because they've scored fifty eight points in two games and he has not turned the ball over once? I I don't like I don't think it's that Burrow or not, not Burrow Herbert. I don't think it's that Herbert is playing awful. He's just he's playing very Kirk Cousins like where he's. He's kind of he's got great numbers, but they're zero and two, and a lot of it comes down to a couple plays here and a couple plays there. Sometimes it's his fault, sometimes it's not his fault. But at the end of the day, the great quarterbacks make sure they win at the end of the game more often than not. And I don't feel like Herbert does that. I, I think the true nature of a franchise quarterback is at the end of the game, no matter how your quarterback plays in that game, if you if he has a chance to win, do you think he's going to win? And if the answer is yes, then you have an, an elite franchise quarterback. If not, then he's not. And with Herbert, the case too often is they don't win those games. That's fair. The proof's in the pudding, and you're right, but the proof is also in the pudding that on the other different layer of that pudding, he really is that good. He has elite level traits. He just all he doesn't play he doesn't play elite consistently. To me, he's he is a better version of what we're seeing in Justin Fields. Justin Fields has elite level traits, 
and right now is not playing very well. Herbert has elite level traits, and he's just good. That's tough. I'm not sure how to argue that. Um, bef- okay, so we're gonna go to the to the next top five. I told next top five, and that's the I told you so's. Um, we're number one. My number one, I told you so, was Chicago's whole front off. Their their entire coaching staff should be fi- should should be fired. Um, yeah, it was bad. And, it, and the it, person it, that they need to hire is Jim Harbaugh. Um, he's dealt with athletic quarterbacks before. He knows how to deal with them. He knows how to deal with people who aren't white. You, you know my you know my issue with the Bears are is and, and it they didn't hire him because they didn't hire him because they had just fired Matt Nagy, but they should have hired Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. I think they, I think they've done a lot of things right. They should have hired Eric Bieniemy. I I think what the reason they did is because they hired Nagy, it didn't work. They fired him. They didn't want to hire another Chiefs guy, but they did hire a guy who came from the Chiefs who was uh, as their GM. They hired a guy from the Chiefs as their GM. They should have just doubled down and hired Eric Bieniemy. I think yep. it would have everything they've done makes more sense if Eric Bieniemy is their coach. I absolutely agree. Um, so and I I kind of uh, tiptoe on that line, but I think it's a fair statement for me to say that Jim Harbaugh would have a better understanding, um, a better God. It's kind of hard to say. Um, I just can't find the words. I know what to say. I just don't think Harbaugh works long term. I think he works and he'll be there for two what three four years, and then eventually I think he'll get on people's nerves. And he'll leave. If you're I looking think, to build something long term, he, he's a Chicago type of guy. He's in yeah, your face I, type I, of guy, I, but I, also he he he's coached Colin Kaepernick and he coached Colin Kaepernick well. Um, he's coached a player that can run. He's coached Alex Smith, who can run. This fits him well. Yeah, I just I think I think with Harbaugh, he's looking to have a lot of control. And when you start giving coaches that much control, I don't it doesn't really work at all. The only time it really worked was with Bill Belichick. And now that he doesn't have Tom Brady, it, it's a mess. I don't think I'd give Jim Harbaugh that much control because he's not someone I'd want to give control to anything for more than three or four years. And at that, like, it just, I just think they're at the point, the Bears are at the point where I think they got their head coaching hire wrong. I don't, I think, I think Ryan Paul has made some mistakes. Like they traded for Chase Claypool and he's not been overly great. And they gave up a really high pick to get Chase Claypool or to get Chase Claypool. But I think the biggest mistake Ryan Poles made was hiring uh, Matt Eberflus and not just doubling down and hiring Eric Bieniemy because everything they've done makes way more sense and I think they're way further along if Eric Bieniemy is their coach, not hiring the defense coordinator who then hired a guy from the Packers. That's fair. Who's your um number one? I told you so. Deshaun Watson. He's washed. He sucks. <laughs> he just I'm um, Mr. Nasty Man out there. It's just he's just he's out there just farting around. He. He does. He can't run anymore. He looks unathletic. His pocket awareness is awful. He he just he stinks. He's he is the worst starting quarterback in the NFL in terms of the guys who are highly paid. Obviously, he'd be the worst if Zach Wilson wasn't a thing, or if Aaron Rodgers still had his Achilles attached to his calf. So I mean, Deshaun Watson. He sucks. He's awful. Okay, who you got for number two? Russ. He oh he's absolutely fucking cooked too. He stinks. Um, I know he had the hail mary, but if you look. At what the Broncos did, they got up twenty-one to three, and then kicked two field goals the rest of the game. It, he was just a complete mess. He's inaccurate. There was no flow to the offense. He had a he had a couple bad turnovers. He just he he's done. He's done. I don't think he finishes the season as their starting quarterback. I think they go to Jarrett Stidham at some point. Well, they said that Sean Payton and him, uh, they that Sean Payton actually put blame on Russell Wilson for losing the game, um, and in, in his presser. So I see that happening with the next two weeks if he keeps losing these games. 
I also think Sean Payton deserves some of this, though, is Sean Payton, you can't talk as much as Sean Payton did and be this bad. Well, but, I, I know, but Sean Payton I, I can also can't... fall on the on the show that these weren't this wasn't the team that I wanted. Um this team was already established before I got here. Yeah, but I mean he was talking about how bad oh Hackett did this and then oh they're not giving a great chance to win. And what are they? They're the same exact team as they were last year. Yes. Um my number two is the New England Patriots. I told you last week they played strong and they're on the rise. I think they're a team to com- that's going to be very competitive heading further and further into the season. Yeah, I just don't trust their quarterback. That's, I mean, that's the New England's got a good defense. Their offense is limited and their quarterback's not very good. If they had a better quarterback, I think they could be a playoff team. I think, but, he, he, I think now, he could do just enough. They're a French playoff team at best. Okay. Well, so I did one, two. You did one, two, correct? Yes. Okay, so my number three, Bryce Young will not last in the NFL. He's too, he's too small. I don't care if people say he has nobody there. If a receiver can't throw you touched, uh, run, um, throw that ball, and you're a young guy who's supposed to be mobile, and you're not even running, this is the part I was telling you about earlier. What do teams do when they have a conundrum like this? They want to protect their quarterback who can scramble and run, but at at the risk of what? Gaining five Bryce, yards instead no, of just taking a sack. Bryce Young is Bryce Young's more of a guy who's going to scramble as a last resort. He, he's got good mobility, but he's not someone who's just going to pull the ball down and have 600 rushing yards a season. That's not really what he does. He wants to operate more like, I would probably say, like Russell Wilson 10 years ago or even more like a Drew Brees, just with more athleticism. I don't and think they, they don't, that's a fair comparison to either one their, of them. Their best receiver is a – a plus 30-year-old Adam Thielen. He can't really get separation anymore, can kind of work underneath, is a viable target in the red zone, but he's 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 an old receiver. They, they just don't have anyone for him to throw to. That's the conundrum is they, they had to trade their best receiver to get the number one pick in DJ Moore, but now that they've traded him, they don't have anyone. The Panthers don't really have picks because they traded so much to get Bryce Young, but if I were them, I would take my second, I would take some, whatever picks they have left, I would take my picks, and try to go get as good of a receiver as I can. Because this team, as constituted, just does not have anyone to throw the ball to. They don't have anyone to throw the ball to. That's fair. I mean, it is, but it, it is fair that you say that. But I also pointed that out before you went. There's still no excuse. You have huge gaps, and you're not running to fucking advance the ball whatsoever. You had one good run for, I think, 23 yards, and that's not good enough. Yeah, my, my guess is that my guess though, if I'm the Panthers, I don't really want him to run. I want him to throw the ball away. Oh, he could go get 10 yards. The last thing you want to have happen to Bryce Young is for him to get hit and him to get hurt and miss the rest of the season. This is valuable developmental time. Yeah, they're going to lose a lot of games, but if he gets better as the season goes on, that's the only, the only thing that matters to the Panthers this season is Bryce Young taking a big step forward from the start of the season to the end. If he does that, it doesn't matter how many games you win. You just want him to progress as a as a quarterback in the NFL. Well, how many years before he gets help? If, that, if that's your argument, how many years till he gets help? Then five. They're probably. I think the thing the Lions have to do is to trade Brian Burns. He's their best pass rusher, but you could get a lot of picks for him. You get a lot of compensation for him. Chiefs. You trade him, and you use those picks to. You use the money you save from not paying him, and then you you use the picks you get for him to draft offensive players and you use the money you save by not paying him to get offensive players, whether it's O-line, whether it's running back, whether it's receiver tight end, you use that money and those assets 
to help Bryce Young. I think that's the next step for the Panthers is to trade Brian Burns and turn him in to a bunch of assets for Bryce Young. And who's your number three? The Lions. They're not a real contender. <laughs> oh, wow. Hater. The Lions are a good team. They'll make, they'll probably make playoffs because the division's not great. They are not going to challenge San Francisco. They're not going to challenge Philly. They're not challenging Dallas. They're just not. They're a good team. They'll probably have a chance to win a playoff game, and then they will probably lose. I could see them going to the NFC Championship. But which team are they beating? Um, you have to remember, there's going to be other teams going against those other teams as well. I, I think they – I think it, they – Real quick, if, if the, the NFC West – can have three teams come out of it to go to the playoffs, which it actually can because the NFC North ain't going to have shit come out of it besides one. There's going to be a lot of competition between those. Somewhere in that fucking lineup, two of those teams are going to go against each other in the playoffs, which is going to knock one big monster out. The other one's going to be fucking fought by somebody else. And it may be against Philly. So then what? Who do you have? You have the Lions versus either somebody else on the on the West Coast or somebody like Philly. It's... They have a fighting chance. Uh, to me, the Lions are way closer to... They are way closer to a team like... They're way closer to a team like the Rams than they are a team like the Cowboys, 49ers, or Eagles. So what, I when think does the come back? Three they could beat is maybe the Eagles because their defense looks like they might have some issues. And, uh, and that's sure. a game the Lions could maybe run the ball play action. Jared Goff can manage the game. But that team isn't... They're, they're not a real contending team. They're not. Okay. Um, who's your next one? Your number f- four. Four. Herbert, not elite. Simple as that. Not Herbert, a what? He, he's got elite traits. Maybe he becomes elite one day, as of right now. We can't keep talking about him like he's Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, a Joe Burrow, a Jalen Hurts. We just can't. I, I wouldn't even say we could talk about him like he's Dad Prescott. That's fair. Um, let me see. Ryan Tannehill does best when he when he plays play act play um play action the best kind of play you can come up for that guy is a play action play for ryan Tannehill. that is the best play he's always been great at no matter what film you see he is almost unstoppable on play action that's all i have to yeah. say about that ryan Tannehill. Ryan that's, Tannehill my fifth, told, that's my fourth i told you so i'm sorry yeah he he was he was so bad last week that he didn't look like an nfl quarterback he looked like he was completely washed this this week he looks better. It was also against a bad Chargers team. I'm interested to see what he looks like next week, especially because the Jaguars. We'll see if they can rebound. If the Titans could just kind of stay close to 500, they might have a chance to steal that division. Yes, um, with the exception of running into a wall like Trevor Lawrence. Oh yeah, and you are on four, right? I, I'm on five. This would be this would be the Panthers in last in. Their lack of explosiveness. I've been saying this since the start of the season. They're not explosive enough to... They have a lot of talent. They're not explosive enough to win games. And this was the problem, is they made the jump to get Bryce Young because they thought, man, we're just quarterback away last year. But in doing so, they cut their foot off because they traded their best receiver. Now they've got a, a mismatched receiving room with not a lot of explosion at running back. In a pretty good defense. So the defense, I think, is is ready. It's playoff caliber. The offense is not anywhere close to playoff caliber. They they just have no explosiveness. And it's a bit shocking they didn't try to add another receiver. Uh, they drafted Barkevius Mingo. 
or not Marquise Mingo, Jonathan Mingo out of Ole Miss. But I'm I'm a little bit surprised they didn't draft one more receiver just because they they just outside of Mingo, I don't know that there's a receiver on that team that's going to be on the team next season. Right. And that that's a problem when you have a young quarterback. The whole thing is being able to draft a quarterback and then have young players paired with him. And that's number five. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, my number five is um, Josh Dobbs is a very good quarterback for what he's got with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, you criticize me for saying that he did good last week, um, but I thought he played well last week. It's just everything around him sucked. Um, let me see. He went 21 for 31, 228 yards, one touchdown with three carries for 41 yards rushing. He didn't do bad. I think with enough time given, he's going to keep that team and fight just like the Patriots are right now. That's all I can say. I can't say that he's going to win a lot of games or anything like that, but he's playing very, very well right now. Yeah, I, I Dobbs, look, Dobbs looks like he could be a serviceable quarterback. If you're the Jets, you got to call about somebody that could just be serviceable. Because they this week they play this week they play the Patriots, which is an winnable game. They they then play the Chiefs, which they'll probably get their ass kicked, and then they play the Broncos. The time to make a trade is probably after week three, and then try to get whoever you trade for a week to kind of get in the offense, and then you play them against Bronco and Denver or the Broncos in Denver. I, Josh Jobs look good enough that I think somebody will bite on him that needs another quarterback. I agree with that. And if you're the Cardinals, you really don't have any commitment to Josh Jobs. If somebody throws you a third or fourth round pick, or even even a fifth round pick, I think you got to take it. Especially the Cardinals now, like they clearly look like they're going to have a top two, top two, top three pick. Combine that with them having the Texas pick this year, I think the best thing the Cardinals could do is to get the number one pick. You make a decision on Kyler Murray, which my guess is they would probably then trade Kyler Murray. You can draft Caleb Williams out of UFC or at a USC, excuse me, and then you take Marvin Harrison with the next pick you have, and you pair your quarterback and receiver. It's not a bad idea at all. And I, and I think that's what the Cardinals have to start thinking about is, okay, let's float Josh Dobbs out there and see what we can get. Because I think a team like the Jets would be desperate, desperate enough to give you a fourth or fifth round pick. And I think Josh Dobbs is good enough where he can just kind of manage the game enough where he can get you nine or ten wins. Because that defense, I think, despite the fact they got beat up by the Cowboys, they were in that game, and then Zach Wilson just had no ability to take advantage of their defense keeping them in the game. And all you need is one play just to fucking get that momentum going. Yeah, it just felt like they were they needed a big drive, and Zach Wilson had no ability to make a drive happen. Well, and if, if Josh Dobbs... Um, with some playmakers. If the he regresses... That I think he'd it'd be interesting. Well, if, if he regresses over the next three weeks... I might have a different opinion. But for the past two weeks, I thought he's played very strong. Just, yeah, and to me, it's interesting that he's played pretty strong despite not having really any... They have one good receiver on that team, and it's Hollywood Brown. And yes, and he did play... These past two games, he's he's played 10 times better than he played in that playoff game for the Titans last year. Or you mean... Week, or you mean uh, I think it was week 16 or 17. Week... Are you sure? Yeah, the Titans didn't make playoffs last year. Okay, maybe that's what it was. Well, they you're right, because they had the opportunity to go to the playoffs. It was like a scenario with Green Bay and the Lions. They had that same scenario down down there um, in Tennessee, and they lost the game. And I think a lot of that went to the fact that the Titans don't really have a good – their offensive game plan is give the ball to Derrick Henry a lot and run play action. 
I don't think and Dobbs really wasn't on that team that long. I I <laughs> I don't true. think he did a lot to help Josh Dobbs out. Like th- 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 he was just kind of there because he could throw the ball a little bit. But I that was the one thing I don't think Tennessee really did last year did well last year after Ryan Tannehill got hurt is game planning around their quarterbacks. Like they don't really adjust their game plan for who their quarterback is, which is a problem. They just kind of roll with what they do. And I think Dobbs, what we've seen with the Cardinals, at least for the first two games is that he's got a little bit of some stuff in them. If you, if you're willing to do things that he can do well. Um, What is the, um, before we get into the best team in the AFC and so on and so on, Give me your number one most overrated two and O team in the NFL right now. That's interesting. I would say the Saints. I don't. I'm going to go with the Saints as well. Yeah, I, I don't think the Saints are that good. I think Derek Carr has been bad. He looks extraordinarily average. People thought maybe he. Oh, he's playing for the Saints. He take a step forward. He does. It doesn't look like it yet. That, that I will say their defense is good though. Th- their defense is good. I just I, and they still could win the NFC no, or the NFC South because that division sucks. But I, I don't think I don't think they're 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 to me a we're gonna make the playoffs, we'll host the playoff game, and we'll probably lose that game. Most um surprising two in our team. I would say it's I would say it's the Falcons because they're basically playing without a quarterback. I, <laughs> that that that's a good one. But I was gonna say, uh, because of the pressure and his recent history, I'm gonna go with Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buc- uh, Buccaneers. Yeah, I, they're also a good choice. I I think those are two teams that was, the Falcons just man them not having uh, at least with Baker Mayfield. If I could tell you, like I could tell you that he's had a, a couple seasons where he's looked passable as a starting quarterback. Desmond Ritter is just kind of he, he for the most part he's been just really bad this entire season. Heineke, Heineke, Heineke. Um, okay, and the team to not put that much stock in in their record because they're going to bounce back. Which team is that? Who is on to? I would say, I mean, it's going to sound weird because I don't like their quarterback at all, but I would say the Patriots just because I think, I think their defense is good enough to get them eight or nine wins. And I think that could challenge for a playoff spot down, uh, down towards the end of the season. So I would say the Patriots, I, I think they'll be about 500. We're on the same page. Okay. Moving forward. Um, who's your best team in the AFC? Kansas City Chiefs. What? Kansas City Chiefs. Be honest. Yeah, it's Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, yeah, you want that's, me to that's a horrible you fucking take. I mean, Dolphins, the, we can't have him play an entire season Tua, or or who else Who else were we even? But, but he's playing well. How can you say that they're number one when the Chiefs have proven that they are not number one? They're the best team in the AFC. No, they're not. They're not the right best now. AFC. They Until proven otherwise. They have not, regardless of this ugly win, and it's still a win, they haven't showed that they're number one. Um, they chose number one by their track record. I don't trust any of these other teams. I don't really trust the Dolphins. Well, or, I'm talking about right now. Just right now, 2-0. and um, I totally disagree with you on the Chiefs, and I'm a Chiefs fan, but i got to be objective here. Um, best it's team like, in the NFC. It's not, being, it's not even being objective. Not being objective. The, Chiefs are, the Chiefs are still the best team in the AFC. Well, which, which one of these other teams do you like? Excuse me, sir. I just told you. Miami Dolphins. Um, best you, you team like in the, the NFC. Like team that is one hit away from not having a quarterback. That's fine. That's fine. That may be week three, but it's not week one and two. It's not even It's not even the fact that Tua is one hit away from maybe never playing football again. It's also the fact he's never played a full season and been good. Even last year, he played well, got hurt. And then even when he was back healthy and, and when he was back healthy and playing, he had a stretch in, late in the season where he was really bad. 
He was playing against the Packers, and he was awful. I believe that was a Thanksgiving Day game. When was that again? I believe that was a Thanksgiving Day game. Might have been last Christmas. year. It doesn't matter. I'm talking about now. Um, uh, you best team in the NFC. Who do you, you got? Dolphins being the best team if they have no track record of everything. Best team. Last year doesn't matter. It's over. It's a new season. Best team in the NFC. Who do you have? Oh, it's the Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys are easily the best team in the NFC right now. They're the only team that I trust. Offense and defense will be able to figure it out. And San Francisco, they don't have the quarterback that I trust. Eagles, their defense looks like it's going to be a little bit of a problem because they, they look kind of old in the secondary. Their pass rush is pretty good, but you can kind of beat them over the middle of the field. Justin Jefferson lived there and had, a, what, 150 receiving yards against them. It, it, it's the, the Cowboys the best team in the NFC. Okay, I'm going I'm to go um, one different, and I'm just going to say the, the L.A. Ram, the LA um, Rams. Oh, you're, you're fucking high. Um, Sean McVay cost that team that win, or at least to tie it, and he skewed their record going into week three. The, um, the who's Rams, your worst team? Who's you your worst like, team? In- you like a lot of teams that start the season pretty fast, but will always fade. I'm not saying that they won't, Jess. I'm saying right now. I mean, right um, now, 21, and they you're, you're going for. Bullshit projection shit that, that, that doesn't even matter. You're going for historical shit that the Chiefs don't even have all of the same players from last year. You have to take into account track record because what's the if best? This is the case. Then why do you always pick Aaron Rodgers as the best quarterback when his track record is fucking horrible? The best predictor of future success is what you have done in the past. Was the no, it's not. Continuously win for half it a decade. It gives you a glimpse, but it does not dictate your future. The Cowboys, what have they done? The last two years, they're, they've been a playoff team. They've been really good. I'm sorry, divisional, done. Divisional, done. And a team like Cowboys is easily right now the best team. I I still think they're the best team permanently. I thought. I'm sorry, if that's the case, the Rams won a a Super Bowl two fucking years ago. Yeah, their team also is. You're looking at the Rams like Stafford is going to be able to keep doing this the entire season, and he's not. You said that he wouldn't be able to do it this week. He did great. They They lost by seven points, and it was only seven points because they kicked the field goal with four seconds left. That was, but earlier, the fucking coach blew that fucking game. Let's okay. be honest. Yeah, I just, the, the Rams are the most average team you could possibly pick to be. You're best. a hater. Okay, um, worst team in the AFC. Worst team in the AFC? It's probably the Texans because they don't have any skill position players. I'm not worried about the Texans, um, me personally, because I know who they are. With expectations, I'm saying that's the Cleveland No, Brown that was the question, team. though. If you want to get technical, that wasn't the question. Who's? Who has been the worst team? It's the Texans. I disagree. You're trying to you're trying to have it both ways too. No, I'm not. Yeah, the worst team in the AFC is clearly the Texans. That's that team has no skill position players. Their defense looks rough. It they're clearly the worst team in the AFC, no doubt. Okay, um, worst team in the NFC. I, I already told you, Cowboys. Or no, worst team in the NFC. What? Worst team is the Panthers. They have no skill position players either. They're the Texans with a slightly with I never slightly. There's the Texans with a better defense, but in the NFC. I'm, I'm going to go with Chicago. Maybe that's just because I'm so mad at their coaching staff, huh? Uh, that, yeah, that's not a bad pick. That, their coaching, I just, I, I would, I would like to think the Bears would have the ability to look themselves in the mirror and figure out what they're doing is wrong. But I mean, the fact they even started the season this way just shows a lack of awareness on their part. I would say I would like to see him go to, um, if Matthew Stafford think has two more years left on his contract. Um, or maybe one more year. I would like to see Justin Fields go to LA and be coached by Sean, uh, Sean, um, Sean McGray. Uh, yeah, I mean, Fields is going to be interesting because I think there will still be a team or two interested in him. 
It's just, man, the, the Bears have messed this up so bad. It, it's kind of baffling. It really is. Okay. Um, let's go into um, week three predictions real quick, and let's uh, knock these out, okay? Yep. Okay, Giants, 49ers. Uh, 49ers, really easy. 49ers. Falcons, Lions. I would go Falcons. I think they'll be able to run the ball, and I, I think they'll be able to kind of out-physical the Lions. That I think you have, you make a good point. I'm going to just, because I'm a Lions fan, I'm going to just go with the Lions because the quarterback plays a lot stronger. Um, but the rushing game on your side that you're talking about is so much more stronger. So I, I that's going to be a very tough offensive game that's going to come down to um, I think the, the, la- the last play of the game. I think it'll come down to the last drive. Well, I, I think both of those teams kind of play off each other's weaknesses. The Lions can make it a high-scoring game, but I also think the Falcons could push around the Lions' defense. Well, if they eat up the clock like you're saying they're going to do, then the Lions have no chance of being on the field. I mean, the Lions will probably fuck around <laughs> because of the Lions. Wouldn't shock me. Although the Chargers are the chart games too, so it might it might be a game of fuckery. Um, let me see. So you said 49ers. You said Falcons. I'm going to go me here on Lions. Um, Chargers versus Vikings. I'll go Vikings. I expect this game to be stupid. You think Justin Herbert's going to go 0-3? Yeah, I, I mean, there's a chance that Herbert throws like five or six touchdowns in this game, and they still lose because the Chargers defense is awful. Vikings defense is also kind of awful, too. So I, I expect it to be a game just where there's a bunch of crazy stuff happening. Okay. We didn't talk about the Vikings um, at all, but... I mean, you hit on Kirk Cousins like 10 times of how bad he is, but uh, yeah. Um, Saints versus Packers. I will this go Packers. This is one of those games where it could go 50-50 again, and I want the Packers to win, but I'm going to go with the Saints. I'll go with the Packers because I've, I, I, would tr- I trust the Packers to have a certain game plan to get to about 20 points, and I'm not sure the I'm not sure the Saints can get to 20 points. This, this, Derek Carr has been so rough that you're actually right. Absolutely, I mean, first two weeks they're gonna lose. You changed my mind. You're right. I'm gonna go with the Packers. You're right, because Jordan Love's been putting up p- fucking points. You're right. You're exactly right. Um, I'm going for the upset. Texans versus Jaguars. Texans win the game. Yeah, I'm actually gonna pick the Texans as well. I think. I think the Texans, it's AFC South, so these games are, I expect, to be really weird. The Jaguar, the, the expectation is the Jaguars are going to come out and score a lot of points, beat up on the Texans. I think there might be a little bit of carryover from that Chiefs loss. Just watching the Jaguars' body language, <clears throat> I think there's a little bit of carryover. And I think the Texans steal one. What do you think about CJ Stroud? I think he's looked really good. He just has nobody to throw the ball to. I think he's by far, out of, out of all the rookie quarterbacks, he's by far been the best. He looks I, the most confident. I, I Anthony Richardson's really good. He could run, but he's also not someone I trust to be there for all the games. CJ Stroud is there and he's slinging it. Well, and, and, and in fairness, um, uh, Jordan Love is in his third year, but this is really his first year as a quarterback, right? Jordan Love um, actually is in fourth year. Yeah, he's in his fourth huh? year. No, this is his third year. Um, no, 2021, 2022, 2023. Yeah, his third year. Um, it's fourth year. No. 2020. Anyways, no, it's his third year, just. Um, he got drafted in 2020. 2020. Is it his fourth year already? Yeah, he's in his fourth year. Holy shit! Well, I mean, this is like his fucking rookie season because he didn't uh, play this mean, whole fucking thing, huh? He only had really like a couple games of experience. Correct. That's what I'm saying. So he's in, he's in the, with that learning curve right now. The only thing is, he had a fucking quarterback to learn under to, to learn from. Um, I don't know where I was going with this. Oh, you're talking about CJ Stroud? Yes, and you said that you think he's the best one out of all of them. 
Yes, I, I think but so far he's been the best. I think he's he's the most um besides um what's his name? Anthony Richardson? Yeah. Who also looks very poised in the pocket and very confident. He uh CJ Shout carries that swagger with them. Um next, Broncos versus Dolphins. I'm going with the upset, Broncos. I will go with the Dolphins, but I could see the Broncos stealing a game like this because I think the the Dolphins are the type of team that the Dolphins are the type of team that would lose this type of game. It's it's a big game. They're at home. <laughs> yep. They're, they're playing an 0-2 team. But I, I think the Broncos are going to probably throw everything at them just because I don't think they want us to 0-3, and, and I don't <clears> think <throat> Peyton wants that embarrassment. But I still think – I think the Dolphins find a way to win because I think their offense can figure it out more than I trust Russ Wilson to figure it out. Titans-Browns. I will take the Titans. It's going to be an ugly game. This game's going to be ugly, but I'll take the Titans. I'm going with Browns. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised the Titans win. Um, but I also think that the defense is going to really be on Tannehill as much as he's been sacked the past two games. I think Miles Garrett is, is going to come after him really, really strong. Um, Bills versus Commanders. I will go with the Commanders. I, you I really I, think I, so? Yeah, I, I think they have the receivers to kind of attack the Buffalo Bills on the perimeter. I just have a feeling they're going to be able to kind of control the ball. I. I think this will be a limited possessions type game where we're going to see some big, long possessions in this game. And just the playing style of Josh Allen leads me to believe that late in the game, he'll take up. He's going to do something stupid, and the Commanders will have the biggest surprise win of the week. Well, I I think that the defense on Washington is a lot better than it was in the Raiders. To be fair, you think that's a fair statement? Yeah. Yeah, I I think other than the first half, the Broncos, I think they've been been pretty good for eight out of the ten quarters, or six out of the eight quarters of the season. Well, I think that they're going to put a lot more pressure on Josh Allen did on on Josh Allen than the Raiders did, and the Raiders still sacked Josh Allen twice. So I think that that pocket pressure is going to be a thing for him. Yeah, I, I think some of the times with Josh Allen isn't even necessarily him hand, handling the handling pressure directly in his face. Rock, it's when he has to hold the ball and yes. then he's either trying to run or he just. He's trying to chuck it downfield. He starts to make mistakes. And I, I think he'll do that a couple times in this game, which is why I think the Bears will win. Colts versus Ravens. I'll take the Ravens. I'll go Ravens too. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if the porn star mustache Minshew comes back and uh, puts up a competitive game like he did with the um, against the Eagles. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it's possible. It's possible he could he could win this game. Yeah. Fair statement? No, I, I just I, – I can't see them beating the Ravens. The – if they had Jonathan Taylor and he was healthy, I think they could. Without without that rushing attack, I I think it could be a blowout. The Ravens win easy. Patriots Jets. I'll go with the Jets just because in both games the Patriots have lost. Mac Jones has done something really stupid late. He's taking a he's taking a bad sack or he's just he's just done dumb stuff late. So I will pick him to do that again. I'm going Patriots. Um, Panthers Seahawks. I will go Seahawks. Me too. Um. Bears, Chiefs, Chiefs. Yeah, I mean that's the, the, this one could get ugly. I I do wonder because the Bears are under a lot of pressure if they will try to break out some of the old Justin Fields stuff. But if they're gonna play anything like they had the first two weeks, it's it's gonna be a bloodbath. I could see Justin uh, Justin Fields getting hurt this game. Yeah, I mean that that that's always the balance of him trying to do too much or you trying to run him and then he gets popped. I, it'll be really interesting to see what the Bears game plan is for this game. If the game gets out of hand, do you sit Justin Fields or do you give him the reps like the like 
the Giants fans. Well, it's been it's, it's, games. Huh? it's the third quarter and it's 31 to 31 to seven. Yeah, I think you just go ahead and pull fields and you figure something out. Okay, so in, in fairness, the uh, criticism was coming heavy on the Giants coaching staff for not sitting Daniel Jones when they went against the um, the Cowboys in week one when it was 40 to nothing. And they said that you should have sat. I mean, even Micah Parsons criticized him to say you should have set your quarterback. The Giants said, you know what? He needs to play. He needs to get more reps. Has he gotten enough reps, Justin Fields, if it comes to that situation? Or does he still play? I think it's also different because the Giants were at home. I, the Bears are going to be at Arrowhead. If you get down big there, I think you just got to you just gotta run the ball and pack that thing in and just move on to next week. I, I wouldn't keep him in because at that point, you start, you're going to start experimenting with quarterback runs, and the last thing you need to be doing is down 21 points, running quarterback draw. Okay. Um, Cowboys, Cardinals. Cowboys. All right. Um, Steelers, Raiders. Oh, God, this game. I, I'll. If you have Jacoby Myers back and Devontae Adams. If they have – if Jacoby Myers and Devontae Adams play, I think they can scratch enough points across the win. Uh, I'll, I think I still go with the Steelers, though. I just – I don't. I think this game probably ends with another TJ Watt touchdown or him forcing a fumble. I just, I both of these quarterbacks, they can. It's a trash game. I'm going Raiders. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo ha, um, has never lost more than two games in a row ever well, in got, his history, huh? He's about to. Um, Eagles Bucks. Very tough game here. I'll go Buccaneers. I think they can do it. I'm with you, Jess. I'm going Bucks. This sounds like a bet we need to make. I, I, well, that's the thing. I, uh, the reason I say that is because I don't know if the Eagles DBs can hold up against the Bucks receivers. Yep. This feels like a game that Mike Evans could go off in again. Rams, Bengals. Rams. Rams. I, I hate to say it because you're, you know, all over the Rams just saying, oh man, look at Stafford, greatest quarterback of all time, even though he's padding those stats late in games. But yeah, I, uh, I, I think the Rams are going to win this one. I think the Bengals are so banged up now. That maybe Burrow's healthy and he comes in and they're able to get the ball to the playmakers, but I just I, I think the Rams are gonna be able to move the ball in the Bengals. The Bengals defense hasn't looked that good this year. They but they were giving up some plays to Deshaun Watson, who's been awful this season. You know, Jess, the Bengals offensive line has looked like shit the past two games. Still. Well, and that's my issue is that there's a there, I wouldn't play Burrow in this game because I think Donald's a, I think Donald's gonna go off in this game. Well, and I was gonna ask you about Aaron Donald. Yeah, he, I think he's gonna go. He wants to. He plays at a high level when he plays. You know, at all the time he does, um, for the most part. But he's got a hard on for Joe Burrow. You you can line him up at left tackle, left guard, center, right guard, right tackle. It doesn't matter. Donald's gonna get pressure on Burrow. I, I would be shocked if Donald didn't at least have a sack or a sack and a half. So you would be shocked if Joe Burrow plays this game? No, I don't. I I don't. I wouldn't be shocked. But I'm saying I don't know if I'd play him in this game. Okay, where's this? Is this at home? Yeah, they're playing at home. I just, I yeah, don't that's, know. That's difficult. After you just told me that they play on turf, why would you play that man on? Wait, why would you play Joe Burrow on turf? Uh, especially because their schedule gets easier after this game, I believe. Exactly. They, the the Bengals play the Rams on Monday Night Football. They then play the Titans, the Cardinals, and then then it gets a little bit tougher with the Seahawks, 49ers, Bills, and then they play the Texans. Yeah, I mean, you look at their schedule, it. They've got a lot of rough games, and they really kind of need this Rams. They need to beat the Rams. But I don't know if I'd play, I don't know if I'd play Burrow in this game. With the calf issues he's having, you just saw what happened with Aaron Rodgers, who who also I think this offseason was dealing with calf issues. I, I don't know that I'd do it. 
I mean, exactly. I think, I'm I with you 100%. Don't I do think, it. I think you ultimately play because they don't want to go to 0-3. I think the smart thing would be to sit in. And they might have a chance to win, depending if if the defensive side from Cincinnati can can get Matthew Stafford. Yeah, I mean, it's it's gonna come down, it's gonna come down. This this could be a really defensive heavy game. Um, but I mean, the Bengals at least the first two weeks their defense has looked a little, a little bit rough. They they gave up. I mean, it was it was a blowout game, but they gave up twenty four to the Browns, whose offense without Nick Chubb. I, I know Nick Chubb played in that game, but. Nick, Nick Chubb in week one, he had 18 carries for 100. Yeah, I could, I mean, I feel like the Rams can run the ball. And if the if the Bengals are really worried about Joe Burrow's long-term health, I think they sit him for this game. Just, I think it's a bad matchup for them. I I think it's winnable. And if Burrow plays, they they probably would win this game. But just the matchup, I don't like. It just, I, it just feels like it's a tough matchup. I, I'm, not, with, you, I'm, I'm with you 100%. Not, not, not even because it's not a game they can't win. It's, it's a game if Burrow plays, they probably would win. But you're also <laughs> putting him at risk going up against Aaron Donald, who I don't know if they can block him. Their offensive line has been awful this season. I don't know if they're blocking Aaron Donald. Exactly. I, I, I would also point to the fact, look how great Miles Garrett looked against that offensive line. Absolutely. And he absolutely destroyed them. Think what Aaron Donald would do. Yes. Um, real quick, before we close the show, and thank you everyone for listening. Um, we've done everything for the NFL. We're going to hit on the XFL re- real quick before we go. Um, there's news out there, Jesse, that the XFL and the USFL might merge come by the end of the week. What do you, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think it was kind of, I don't want to say an expectation, but it was also, it, it was one of those things that were, you kind of expected to happen. It's inevitable. Because they're just two separate leagues. They're competing with each other. And you always felt like, well, if one of the leagues is going to last, they're probably going to expand a little bit. So them just merging together it makes a lot of sense. It doubles the size of your of your new league. Uh, I think it would be – I think it's interesting because I think you're able to play more games. You're able to have different combinations. You're not competing for the same players. Instead, you're just one league trying to attract players. You're not trying to have, oh, well, this guy's playing in the USFL. This guy's playing in the XFL. This guy just played in the XFL. Is he going to go play another season in the USFL? I, I think it's good if this if spring football is going to be a thing long term. It's good that they have merged. I, I agree with that 100. percent Or possibly merging. Well, and and I hope that if they do merge, because um, the XFL has not commented on it and they refuse to comment comment on this issue on this topic. Um, hopefully they do merge. It's better for the game. Um, so it's not fucking elongated without, you know, everybody having to look every every different type of different direction and all this information up just to watch a game. If it starts with the XFL, let it end with the XFL. There, there's I've seen some things about you know they they had a poll. If you had to do a um, change of name, would you keep the USFL, XFL, or a different name? I think only 11% chose to stay with the USFL. I think about 53 or 58% chose to stay with um, the XFL, and the rest was choose a different name. Well, I mean the USFL has more history to it, but I just it's a lot to say. XFL uh, XFL is just easier to say. Yes. Got, it's already got its branding too. I think the USFL is just, I mean, it's, it's, I guess it's a little bit more patriotic, but I just feel like the XFL has better branding than what. And that's, not, and, and that's not saying much because we know the branding only comes because of Vince McMahon, right? Um, well, yeah, that, that's the reason is when, back when the XFL first started, it was, it had a lot of pop and circumstance because it was, a, it, it was attached to the WWE back yes. in 2001. So, yeah, I think in that way it has more of its own branding than the USFL does. 
because uh, USFL, you think about it, it was what that was like the eighties, I think seventies, eighties. Yes, yes. It, it's way farther removed than what the XFL has been. I agree, and you know, this also makes me wonder about the TV contracts. Well, I finally get to watch an XFL game back on Fox, considering that in twenty twenty the XFL had streaming on ABC, Fox, FS1, ESPN, um, just the main stations. The only thing they didn't hit, I think, was the CW or NBC. Yeah, that's, I, because, that's because of the name I, of Vince McMahon who carried them through that. If, if, if the writers and After Strike keeps going on and it doesn't get resolved, you're going to need content. And in this case, I wonder if them merging and having just a longer, like a 12 or 14 game season with playoffs, it, it's content. I think you could maybe even get a TV deal off of because of the lack of content available, especially if the strike goes on. For so the strike is still going on then. Yeah. No. Yeah. If, if it keeps going on for, let's say, I don't know, the next year, you're going to want content to fill because you don't really have anything new. I, I, I think it could put them in a benefic- uh, beneficial position. I think you're right, I, and I hope so. I, you and I both love football. There's millions of people who love football. Um, but you and I paid close attention to this um, this past year, and uh, we did some pretty good shows um, for the referendum on this. Um, it looks like a promising future just for us, for our, our content itself, to make you know our approaches better for the, for the future. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is just the league's not competing for players anymore and they're basically combining resources. Uh, it would be interesting to see what their what a TV deal would look like and especially now with a lot of these networks not knowing if they're going to have content for the next year. Uh, I do find it interesting and I think it puts some I, I think it puts them in prime position for a merger and I think that's why a merger would make some sense to give them a little Absolutely. Absolutely agree. Um, I also have heard and I think it's always been the same it's always been the the key trajectory for the XFL to end up back with Vince McMahon, if the 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 TKO group, a uh, holding group um, involving UFC, WWE, and um, their parent company Endeavor, get this, I think it'd be a beneficial thing because I'm sure Redbird Capital is not going to want to keep funding this thing long term. At least these three guys and Vince McMahon himself is going to know what to do on the marketing scale. For a, for a football thing like this, because they because they we've seen how bad it was in twenty in um this past year in 2020, uh, 2020, 2023. Yeah, I know it'd be a great thing to do. I don't I don't see him getting back involved. I think the reason he restarted it in the first place was because it was a it was a big failure of his, and he wanted to, and he wanted he wanted to right a wrong, and then COVID got in the way. Yes, yes, it did. Um, anything else you want to add on that? Oh uh, no, overall I I. I do think it comes at an interesting time because networks like ABC and Fox may not have content for the spring because of the of the acting and writing strike going on. The emerging of leagues and being on multiple networks could, and then especially if you're playing more games, what I believe the XFL season was only, what, 10 games? I yes. think the USFL was like 10 as well or something like that. Yes. So, I mean, you could, if what, you have eight, what, it'd be 16 teams, I think? Yes. You could probably play... Uh, 10 to 12 game schedule and have a bigger, more expanded playoff system. I, I think it, I think it does eat up a lot of content for them. I'll be you, watching. You don't necessarily have to start right after the Super Bowl either. You maybe give it a couple weeks and I, I think it could be beneficial for a merge league. If there's an executive out there with the XFL or USFL who is listening to this podcast, who ends up listening to just this part, we're looking to get paid and do the job the right way. Jesse J, big John, 
we're your guys to do this job and make that money and to earn that money. So if you're looking for, for two guys, we are them. Find us at finflamsports.com. Um, Jesse, thank you for everything today. Great show. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining. And we will see you guys back here soon. Jesse, have a wonderful night. See you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Referendum Podcast brought to you by Finflam Sports. We would like to invite you to like us on all social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, wherever you can find somebody, we are there. TikTok, please like, subscribe, follow, whatever you can do to give us your support. We truly appreciate it. We hope to see you next time. You don't stop rapping in the world today. You don't. You don't. You don't. We need to make a change one day.